My name is Terry Glenn Harris, author, speaker, coach, and you, you are now locked in to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. Now let's work. Welcome to episode six of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast is a podcast that was designed to build up and never tear down. And that is what I promise to continue to do with each coming episode. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day, your busy evening, your busy night, depending on what time it is that you listen to Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. Um, And it's been too long. It's been too long since my last episode, and I missed it. I missed doing this, and I promise to never make you wait this long in between episodes ever again. So let's go ahead and get into it. Episode six, fight for your yes. No has to be the most frequently utilized adverb when it comes to investments, contracts, business deals, and important life decisions in general. Some people say no because they're reluctant to take a gamble on a particular idea. Others say no because they don't believe in the idea or they don't believe the idea has substance. Many say no because they aren't able to see the vision the way the one with the vision sees it. And while those no's absolutely hurt, they don't kill us. Um, And they actually can make us stronger. Uh, Think about it in a way of those no's are building the muscle we'll need to have developed for when that yes does come. And since the majority of us um, will hear no after no before we hear that one yes that will change everything, we must be willing to fight. So my question to you is, Are you willing to fight for your yes? And you are the only one who can fight for your yes. Nobody else can fight for your yes for you. So I'm going to go ahead, just as normal, three points. I'm going to go ahead and give you the three points. And I'm going to get you out of your way and let you go ahead about the rest of your time. So point one, no one is in better shape than you. I kind of stumbled over that the first time, so I'm going to just say it again. No one is in better shape than you. When you know what actually matters to you, you should be willing to stop at nothing to obtain it. There should be no obstacle too tall or too wide that can stop you, no battle too big um, to intimidate you. No wall too strong for you to burst through. You've got to go into each and every fight knowing that you are victorious. But before you can get in the ring, 
you must know your audience. You must know your opponent. You must know your product. You must know your price. You must know the tax and why it's worth what you are charging. That's how you get in shape. Knowing your audience means knowing who you're talking to and what their interests are. Knowing your opponent means knowing who else is in the market or who else is on the market and what you can do better than they can because everything's been done. It's about what you can add, what value you can add to it. Knowing your product, um, you know, whether it's a good, a service, or a talent, it's having a firm grasp on what you are offering and what the trends look like in that particular industry. Knowing your price is being able to explain what comes with what you're offering. Knowing the tax is explaining why people would be willing to pay a little extra if it came to that. What are you strong at um, that the rest of the industry may be weak at? What do you bring to the table that the rest of the industry is afraid of? This is what puts you in better shape. This is what puts what makes you able to say no one is in better shape than me. And some of us need to say that. Like, go out and take a moment and just say, no one is in better shape than me. And just like that, that that's point number one. Like, Be in better shape. Know that you're in better shape. And the way to ensure you're in better shape is to remain in the gym. Boxers, um, basketball players, football players, tennis players, hockey players, uh, whatever your favorite sport might be, those athletes are constantly in the gym. Most of them have gyms in their home, so they'll go from getting paid to be in the gym to their home gym uh, and, you know, do the extra workout because they know they have to be in better shape than their opponent in order to win the game. So that was point one. I'm going to go ahead and get straight into point number two. Don't be afraid of the blows. One more time. Don't be afraid of the blows. When boxers are in a ring fighting their opponent, the last thing that boxer should be focusing on is the pain from each blow. If Muhammad Ali, Evander Holyfield, Leila Ali, Mike Tyson... Rory Jones Jr., Floyd Mayweather, any any and any other you know great boxer that you may have in mind, if they focused on the body shots, the head shots, the facials that they were receiving during their bouts, they would not be the champions the world knows them to be today. They would be the losers no one remembers. But they are those champions because they found something greater to place their focus on during those fights. 
whether it was the money they'd be paid for winning that fight, um, the criticism they'd see for losing that fight, the accolades they receive from brands we all know and love, like Nike, uh, the fans who were looking up to them, or even their own egos, they had something to focus on. So that is what took their mind off of the pain, whatever they were focusing on. So we, we too have to find something to focus on. Um, you know, did they feel the blows? Absolutely. You, you, you know, when you're getting hit in your gut, like you're, you're going to feel that. Um, but their focus allowed them to absorb the pain differently. The same goes for us when we take a blow. We have to focus our minds on something aside from the no. The you aren't good enough. Um, the straight up being ignored. We have to focus on that coming yes. We have to translate that no into that's not for me or the you aren't good enough into I'm too blind to see your potential and that being ignored into <laughs> that was their loss because if we focus on what's coming out of people's mouths or what we think their body language is saying or them just breezing right by us without a chance to get a moment of their time, we will feel every single blow and we'll want to bow out and quit. And the moment we bow out and quit is the moment we fail. And when we quit one thing, we tend to quit again and again and again, and then quitting just becomes this cycle. It just becomes something we do. We start and we start not with the intention of finishing, but we start with the intention of quitting. Being a quitter, that starts a really bad habit. So that's a habit we don't want to start. Don't allow those blows to force you to become a serial quitter. Focus your sights on the prize and prove the opposition wrong. That is one of the greatest victories by itself is proving people who said you can't, you won't, you never. Anytime you can turn around and you can say, I can and I did, that is the biggest slap in the face you can ever give to any adversary. And I don't know about you, but I like to give a good slap in the face to people who have told me what I cannot do, what I will not do, and how I cannot and will not do it. I, I, I love to do those things. Um, for those of you who may not know, I recently published my first book. And ironically, the name of the book is Beyond the Coffee Table. And there were people who told me, you're not going to be able to do it. It's not going to be successful. People aren't going to buy it. Just give up now. Just quit. And I could have taken that and I could have listened to those people and I could have stopped, but I didn't. I didn't stop. I kept going. And 
I released my first book. So I'm no longer a writer. I'm an author, officially an author. And I'll give you more information on the book later on. But I did that. And I didn't do that for anybody except me. It's something that I knew I was supposed to do. It was a vision that was given to me by God. I put it out there. And despite what my naysayers had to say, and despite what the people who were rooting against me were doing, even people who um, you know, I consider to be friend, uh, you know, it, it just showed me something totally different. You know, I was able to see, you know, who certain people were by their action. And that's okay with me. I appreciate, you know, those who purchased the book. I appreciate those who did not purchase the book. You know, it's all good. Um, but again, I won. I won that fight because I did not let the negative defeat me. I used the negative. I focused. I absorbed the blows and I won the fight because my book is out um, and it's available to people who want to purchase it. But again, we'll get more into that later. But I'm just saying, focus your sights on the prize and prove the opposition wrong. So that was point number two. Going to jump right into point number three. Keep fighting even when you are afraid. I always like to repeat my points twice. Keep fighting even when you are afraid. Writer lecture and lecturer Dale Carnegie once said, do the thing you fear to do and keep doing it. That is the greatest and surest way ever yet discovered to conquer fear. Do the thing you fear to do and keep on doing it. That is the quickest and surest way ever yet discovered to conquer fear. What does that mean? It means you have to keep at it. It means you cannot give up. It means you cannot quit. It means when it gets hard, you go harder. That's what that means. We all have an it. Every single person has an it. Your it may be different than my it, but we both have one. They're both important as they can both change our lives. They may be able to change other people's lives and they can both make an impact on the world we, as we know it to be. So that is why you are not allowed to give up. That is why you are not allowed to quit. Serena Williams, okay? Her it was to become a successful tennis athlete. Well, she succeeded at that, and she's still going at it, okay? Beyonce knows her it to become a famous singer and dancer. Well, on top of singer and dancer, she has philanthropist. On top of philanthropist, she has fashion icon. On top of fashion icon, she has actress, you know, she's, she's done that, and she's built even more on top of it. Ellen DeGeneres, 
Her it was to change the world through philanthropy. Well, she's making us laugh. She has an awesome talk show. She's changing the world through philanthropy. And so she's done her it and some. Oprah Winfrey's it was to put well-deserving youth through college. Well, she's able to do that because she has oh, a lot of money, <laughs> of course. Um, but she got that money through being a news anchor, from being a news anchor going on to be a talk show host, from being a talk show host going on to run an entire television network. J.K. Rowling, her it was to become a world famous author. Well, have you ever heard of Harry Potter? Enough said. Michael Jordan, his it was to make it into the NBA. Well, not only did he make it into the NBA, he has the ongoing number one selling shoe. I mean, every time you turn around, someone's looking for that pair of Jordans. So he made his it and some. Okay? All of these people had an it. And they fought and continued to fight until and thereafter they reached their goal. Blow for blow, sweat, pain, tears, fears. It was all worth it and still is to this very day worth it. I'm sure they were told they'd never be good enough. They were talked about. The odds were stacked against them. They were given every reason in the book to give up, every reason in the book to quit, but they did not. They fought and fought and fought because they knew their value. They knew what they were capable of. They knew they were champions. So what they did was they lived like champions, and now they live like champions. Well before hundreds of thousands to millions of people knew their names, they lived like champions. And that is what we too must do. We must live our daily lives as though we already are the people we envision ourselves being. We must live and not simply exist. Just because you inhale and exhale doesn't mean you are living. Now, Webster might say you are living because you have a pulse. But in reality, having a pulse and breathing and letting that be it, yeah, that's existing. Get in the ring and fight. And when you fight, fight hard and fight through to victory. Fight through the pain. Fight through the anguish. Fight through the sadness. Fight through the anger. Keep on fighting and never give up. Even when you do get to where you want to be, fight for the next thing because there's always something next. There's always something better. So make sure you're always going for that. So that's point number three. Um, and I'm going to get ready to close this thing out. And I just want to leave y'all with a little something. So I recently sat down and watched a four-part 
Um, I don't know if it's considered a docu-series or a biopic um, entitled When They See Us. And this is a short series, four-part series, um, by cinematic, I call her a cinematic genius, Ava DuVernay. You might know her from, if you watch Queen Sugar, uh, she was a producer on there, or is a producer on there, and she produced this short. Um, and it's the story of the Central Park Five. If you don't know who they are, I strongly me- recommend you looking them up um, and you know gain a little knowledge about who those guys are. But for those of you unfamiliar with the group, um, they then boys, now men, um, it's the story of them being wrongfully tried, sentenced, and convicted, um, and falsely imprisoned. Five of them, um, one Hispanic, four black. They were tried and convicted of a brutal assault and rape on a jogger in New York City's Central Park. Um, this biopic takes us through the agonizing turn of events. We see the boys interrogated, coerced into providing false confessions, demonized, ripped away from their families, until one day the actual criminal uh, confesses the acts. Now, all of that, of course, you... Um, if you've read the papers and you know already know about it, then you already know. Um, but you might be asking yourselves, how does that fit into this podcast? Well, these wrongfully accused and wrongfully convicted human beings fought long and hard, even after they were released from bondage. After being released, um, the film shows two of the men as they were attending, you know, these conflict resolution classes that I'm guessing they make people attend when they've been convicted. And while they were in these classes, the class facilitator kept urging them to confess their crimes in public settings. And these two men never did. And they were asked to leave class after class um, because they were like, we didn't do this. So we're not going to confess that we did because we didn't. And there was one in particular young man. He was the oldest of the bunch. And when I say the oldest of the bunch, I mean 16, which isn't old at all. Um, He was the only one sent to a facility for grown men. He wasn't sent to juvenile detention like the rest of them. Um, His name was Corey Wise. And Corey actually kept going up for probation And they wanted the same thing in probation. They wanted him to confess his crimes, but he knew he did not commit any crime. So he stopped going to his probation hearings. He was like, you want me to say something that I didn't do? I'm not going to do that. So Corey just stopped going to his probation hearings. Um, These boys, you know, they kept swinging. And even as they received blow after blow, even after they got knocked down and they kept getting knocked down, they kept getting back up and they got back up again and again and again. 
until one day when somebody decided to do something about it and they became champions. I promise I have not given out any spoilers. I would hate to do that, especially if someone listening is interested in watching the film. Again, I highly recommend it. Um, Everything I just mentioned will not spoil the short for you. Um, And I I, I promise you'll enjoy it. It will invoke some anger, some sadness, you know, some rage within you, but it's also very knowledgeable. Um, But back to my point, you know, um, the time to give up is never. And the time to continue is always right now. Like I was saying before, I recently published my first book. Again, ironically, named after this podcast, Beyond the Coffee Table. Or maybe the podcast was ironically named after the book. It all depends on how you look at it. Um, It's a book filled with inspiring quotes and letters. And if you're interested in purchasing a copy... You can do so by clicking the link in the description of this episode, or if you want to go to any one of my social media platforms, you can do so and click the um, link in any of my bios, and you will find it there where you can order your copy of Beyond the Coffee Table, or you can go on Amazon and order it from Amazon. It is available on there, and I'm... I'm grateful. That's uh, This is the end of this episode. If you want to be a part of this conversation, please email me at beyondthecoffeetable at outlook.com. Um, if you have any you know, show ideas, anything you want to hear um, me speak about, definitely shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Terry Glenn Harris. That's at T-E-R-R-Y-G-L-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. And that is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So as I end every single episode, I want you to take this minute. Take, I'm sorry, let me start over. Take this second. Take this minute. Take this hour, take this day, take this week, take this month, take this year, and be great. I love y'all in real life. Peace.